Hi everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Ask the Operator. Today's episode can be considered a continuation of our previous one, where we had the chance to chat with Anna Yane, sustainability manager at Kindred, where she talked about sustainability in sports betting, and she explained to us the key activities at Kindred. In case you missed it, you can re-listen our podcast on streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, but also on our website, iba.bet. Today, I'm happy to welcome Per Karlander, Kindred's country manager in Sweden, and to have a chat with him on the impact of those activities at local level. Hi, Per. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Sylvia. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. In our latest episode, we spoke with your colleague Anna on the overall sustainability framework at Kindred. How does it translate at local level and in particular in Sweden? I listened to the to the recording with Anna. Really good job, Sylvia. Great questions and, and great answers from Anna as well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as she spoke about, we have our global framework for sustainability. And for me as a country manager in Sweden, I do my best to tap into that uh, global framework with what I do locally. Mainly, I focus on three of those pillars. So that's responsible gambling, it's maintaining integrity and also contributing to our communities. So as a country manager of um, Kindred in Sweden, how important are for you these projects? They're really important to me, of course. It's a, it's a really, really big part of our operations here in Sweden. Uh, as many know, we have entered uh, a couple of uh, big sponsorships here in Sweden with uh, the main sponsorship to the top two football leagues, Allsvenskan and Superettan, being the biggest one. And within that sponsorship, we do a lot of things uh, to support our sustainability framework. And we have also launched a foundation together with one of our ambassadors, uh, Henrik Lankvist, the goalkeeper of New York Rangers. Last year, we, we launched a foundation together with him that's called the 3030 Foundation, which pans out uh, 30,000 to, to 30 sports club, clubs uh, each and every year. So it's, it's mainly within the sponsorships and with the ambassadorship that I feel that I can really do a difference here in Sweden. That sounds really interesting. Can you provide more concrete examples on how these projects uh, have positively impacted the community in Sweden? Yeah, for sure. So if we talk about the, the sponsorship to Allsvenskan and, and Superettan first, this is a, a long-term deal. It's six plus six years and it's worth up to 150 million Swedish kroners every year. So up to 1.8 billion over the next 12 years. And a really big part of this is earmarked for, for projects that, that really both we as a company and Swedish football and the Swedish community can, can benefit from. And one of the most important ones are, are the projects surrounding league integrity and, and player safety. And, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious because the, the biggest common enemy for, for us in football is nowadays match fixing. 
so together with the with the league and the players and the leaders to do what we can decrease that in Sweden is pretty natural for us uh, and also for for us as a company it's it's really important to to secure that our customers are, are playing on uh, well controlled safe products with a high level of uh, integrity so within that project we have a vision that we should have zero uh, percent fixed matches and we should have zero percent of players and leaders that have a problem with gambling and zero percent of players and leaders should have placed a bet on their own league since that's against the, the sports federation's rules here in sweden so that's kind of our long-term vision for that project with the with the clubs in in sweden and we have just started off. The, the sponsorship started this year, 2020, and the season started here a little bit late. So it started two weeks ago, and I'm really happy that we have educated 100% of the players and leaders in the top two leagues in our education regarding match fixing and, and responsible gambling. So that's over 900 players and leaders here in the beginning of the year. And we have also named integrity officer in each of the 32 teams so all teams in top two leagues in Allsvenskan and Superettan have their own integrity officer working in the club and we have also a full-time integrity officer working for the leagues that and, and his only job is to support the local integrity officers and the players and the leaders in questions uh, regarding sports integrity and the responsible gambling. So uh, that's a really important part of our sponsorship and a really successful part so far as well. It, it sounds really inspiring, actually. You know, it looks like sponsorship is not just a name on a shirt, but actually goes beyond that. There is more beyond a sponsorship deal. And uh, I'm happy to see that sports betting operators are going an extra mile in their sponsorship deals and including relevant activities like those that you have just uh, described and uh, it shows also that sport is benefiting from the sponsorship deal and how sport and sports betting companies can work hand in hand for the better and improve the current situation for sure i i totally agree there sylvia and, and i don't have any insight on, on other kind of sponsorship uh, agreements but uh, in the ones that we have signed at least it, it's really important to us to to not just you know have a have a sum of money and then you get your exposure on the shirt and in the arenas because that's uh, i don't know what to call it if it's uh, lazy or whatever but it's really important for us to make sure of course, the, the commercial part of the sponsorships are, are really important that we kind of get get our brand out there. But it's really important for us that uh, a big part of, of that fee we are paying should be earmarked to projects that uh, benefit uh, the sport. And and I have one one more example, if we have time. <laughs> that, sure. That yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I'm kind of proud of in in this sponsorship as well. And. And that's, that's the, the biggest individual project in the sponsorship. And it's a project called Unicoach. And that's really a program that is funding the academies 
in all the 32 clubs. So if we, if we look at the top 32 clubs in, in Sweden, then we may have a couple of clubs that, that has a good, uh, good economy and can, you know, have paid coaches down in their youth teams as well. And as we all know, the education when you are between 16 and 19, no matter if it's uh, football or if it's regular school or if it's education in responsible gambling and uh, sports integrity, is really important that period. So, so we are actually we have launched this project this year together with with the leagues, and uh, we are putting in 16 million Swedish kronos to Unicoach every year. So that's a lot of money for those for these academies and. And it makes sure it uh, it secures that they can have well-educated coaches. They can have uh, full-time or part-time coaches that we make sure have the right educations, have the right values, and have the right knowledge around both, of course, football, but also really important around responsible gambling and and sports integrity. So we can really shape the future of, of Swedish football together with the leagues. This is really interesting. It's good to see that there are sports betting companies that are putting sustainability actions into their business model and into their activities. You actually mentioned indeed a number of concrete projects where you have an impact in Sweden. And in your opinion, what's the most successful project you have been implementing so far? And why do you consider it a success? Can you also share some, some numbers on, uh, on this? Sure. So as I mentioned, the, the projects with football clubs is pretty fresh as we entered those agreements this year. So it's a really big success that we, we have educated all the players before the league starts. But I, I can take an example from something we did last year where we have a little bit more data. In the beginning of 2019, the, the market got uh, re-regulated 1st of Jan 2019. And in the beginning of, of a new market, you often see a tendency that operators and brands are kind of screaming a lot and trying to get a position in the new market. So for Unibet, we, we chose a little bit uh, a different strategy. So we launched this 3030 foundation as I spoke about earlier, together with Henrik Lundqvist. So we launched that in January 2019, and we launched it with a campaign where the message was around responsible gambling. And those numbers that we saw uh, from that campaign was uh, truly amazing. So if we compare the campaigns we have done earlier, we were all-time high in liking and impact. And also the main... KPI we had for this was to increase our trust levels in Sweden and this was really successful and this was the the highest score we had have uh, all time on the trust levels so over 40% of the players trust score for Unibet increased after they have seen this campaign and that's really remarkable that you can do that with just one campaign. But then also it was really important for us that this wasn't just a marketing campaign. It's a project that we are continuing with. 
as well this year and for many years to come. And this is really to have something to, to highlight the heroes in the small clubs throughout our country. So to give them a little extra appreciation, we're doing gala night with these 30 clubs and their representatives and they get this prize check for 30,000 and a lot of a lot of crying that gala night and they really appreciate that we can kind of lift them and give them the appreciation that they're really worth. It sounded like a real success there. You actually mentioned that you considered a success the fact that you managed to educate all the um, Swedish football clubs before uh, football stop. And this was done in the framework of the uh, sponsorship deal you have. Can you uh, talk um, a little bit more about this education project that you're running? How was it uh, done concretely? Did you go and meet uh, each club? And what the players were being educated on? Yeah, we decided as we are a digital company and also, of course, this was a little bit lucky, if you can say so, especially this year, that we were going to have this education totally digital from the beginning, just because we, we wanted to have the tracking and we also wanted the education to be kind of not just a one time, one hit wonder. We wanted to do this over and over again. Mm -hmm. And in that case, when we get the data from the first education, we can do smaller follow-ups throughout the year. So the, the idea is to do one or two bigger modules every year that everyone should go through. And then based on the results, on, on all individual answers, we can make uh, new educations for each player, you know, based on their own answers. So, you know, if you had some wrong answers regarding the responsible gambling area, next time you get a check-in, maybe in a month or two, then you get mostly questions regarding responsible gambling. And for another player that, that maybe had some troubles answering right on the sports integrity questions, that player will get more questions regarding sports integrity. It looks so like it can be really personalized for each case. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the good thing about keeping this, most of the educations digital, because we can base the, the educations on data and really personalize uh, the educations going forward. The main focus now on the first module is to build the base. So it's questions regarding the regulation, you know, what you should do if you get approached where to report, who to contact if you have problem with gambling. So those kind of basic questions for us to get a vision of where the players and leaders are today in their knowledge. This is really inspiring. And can you tell us more on how do you think institutions should support companies in their sustainability activities? Yeah, you know, we had a re-regulated market in Sweden last year. If we're talking about kind of actions for combat match fixing, as an example, it's really important for us that, that all actions and, and the new regulations that are written is fact-based and, you know, that those actions are effective. I, I think there is a tendency today in Sweden, at least, to kind of draw some political winnings and, and taking the easy way 
on these questions. And really, you know, combating match fixing, it, it isn't easy. It's something we have to do together with all sta stakeholders. And collaboration is really key. So, you know, collaboration between the operators, between the authorities, sports, between uh, organizations like yourself, IBIA, and other, we, we really need to have that cooperation. There are some uh, suggestions now of regulations in Sweden that will, for example, uh, ban betting on uh, yellow and red cards. And uh, to the general public, this may sound appealing. And this may sound like, okay, perfect, we have uh, then solved the case. But for, for us that, that are in the business and know the figures, we know that this is just some political view and nothing that will be effective to really combat match fixing. So for us, it's collaboration between all stakeholders and also that, that all actions that are taken are fact-based and based on actual statistics is really important to us at Kindred. Absolutely. And based on, on your experience, what can be done differently compared to the past when it comes to supporting private companies in deciding on which projects they can direct their investments? You know, for, for us, it's, it's really important that, that we find partnerships where we have a, a match of the values and the ambition with the, the ones we are partnering up with. And it's, it's also important in all these kind of partnerships that we are ensuring that, that we are adding value to the communities that we work in. For my case, it's Sweden, but as you know, we're active in a number of, of markets all over the world. And I think that is really key to find that, uh, that kind of partnerships that both the local community and, and we as a global company, but still acting locally can benefit from. So I imagine you would also need a clear and viable regulation that would allow you also to choose to do this kind of investment back into society and into the market where you're operating. Yeah, that's completely true. So all of these investments we are, we are doing right now in, in Sweden and in our local communities, they are depending on that we have a uh, working regulation with a high grade of, of channelization. And, you know, if we doesn't have that, our that we can invest in the market will be much smaller. So when we're talking about the, the numbers that are official surrounding our CEF sponsorship, so up to 1.8 billion Swedish kroners over, over 12 years, you know, they are also depending on that we have a working regulation where the regulator doesn't really interfere too much and giving the operators that have chosen to stand outside the regulation any upsides regarding the ones that are within the regulation. And most of the operators thought that the, the regulation to start with was uh, pretty okay. It was, you know, okay tax levels. But since then, there has uh, some new suggested changes and now we will have uh, new regulations from uh, 2nd of July to end of uh, 2020 due to the COVID-19. And when you do that kind of changes and they are not based on fact, the, the only thing they are going to do is they are going to drive 
Swedish customers to, to place their bets on operators outside the system. And then, then the, the revenues within the system will decrease and, and kind of the, the pot you have over to, to this kind of projects will, will just uh, get uh, smaller and smaller every year. So they're, they're basically hindering the system itself, sort of speaking. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the system that was uh, proposed and that all all operators that you know applied for a license one and a half year ago agreed on and I thought this is going to be good. You you can't really interfere too much with that because then you change the rules. So if you compare to a football match and then in half time you the referee goes out and say okay, uh, second half you you can only use your head, not your feet. You know, so that's a, it, it kind of changes the rules and that's not really optimal to have a working uh, license system in a regulated market. Indeed. What's your feeling for the future then? Do you think that you will be able to continue to implement these uh, successful sustainability projects? Yeah, for sure. We, we really hope so. You know, we are really committed to the partnerships that we have uh, gone into and we really think that this for us as a brand in Sweden this will be a key differentiator for us going forward so I think this is really going to be good for us going forward and we will continue to seek this kind of opportunities that can benefit both us as a company but, but also the the local community here in Sweden. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think we had a very interesting uh, conversation so far and especially it was really interesting to see how a company like Kindred is, is putting uh, sustainability at the core of its activity and uh, it's showing this in many different areas and uh, it's having a, a clear impact at local level. And also it was really an eye-opener to see how also the, the regulation of a betting market uh, can have an impact on projects that can help and support the sport itself. So is there any particular wish that you would see for the future to, to have things better? Yeah, I have a lot of wishes. But I think key for Sweden and for us and, and also hopefully for, for other betting operators to keep on investing in sustainability projects will be that we have a well-working license system in Sweden where the regulator doesn't make new stricter regulations for the regulated companies. So we, we have a couple of key things that, that we think that we need to implement in Sweden to kind of stop the, the leakage out of the market. And one of those is, of course, that we think that providers should have a B2B license in Sweden instead. So if we look at affiliates and then also other providers to operators, that would, that would really strengthen things up and, and make them choose between regulated uh, companies or unregulated companies. So that's one thing we're really hoping for that the, the regulator will take action on. All right. So let's hope this too. And let's hope that you can continue to do the great job that you're doing at, uh, at the local level and helping sport in fighting against match fixing and in educating athletes and coaches as well. Well, I want to thank you very much, Pierre, for this conversation. And I would like to thank also our listeners.
Laura. And I would like to remind you that uh, you can uh, subscribe to our podcast on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Deezer and SoundCloud. And also you can check on our social media channels so that you can uh, continue to be updated on our episodes. Thanks a lot, Pierre, for, uh, for your inputs. Thank you, Sylvia. It was a pleasure to be part of this really successful podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pierre. And uh, stay tuned. Keep an eye on for more episodes to come. Thanks a lot and bye-bye.